Welcome back to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. and singles. Thank you so much for joining today. I am Jeanette, your fabulous host. And this month we are doing something we have never done before. I have not one, not two, but three incredible guest experts joining me today, which is a bit unusual for hashtag single, um, especially for a guest expert episode. So I recently connected with three filmmakers who've created content around modern dating life. And I really wanted to get them together to share their insights, inspirations, and journeys in storytelling around dating and singlehood. So this might be uh, a little intense for you to have four voices at once. It might crash and burn. We're not quite sure how it's going to go down. But I'm really excited to have basically like a roundtable conversation by coastally with uh, both some East Coast, New York City based and LA filmmakers. So a little backstory. Um, Anna and I are both part of a collective of women creative multi-hyphenates called the filmmake hers with an h and the cool thing about 2020 is that when our meets went virtual we combined the new york and the la group so i got to connect with a lot of badass women from la that i never had before and i was talking about the podcast and i mentioned i was looking for guests if anyone wanted to be on it and anna reached out and told me about her series and connected me with her director who's also joining us today aaron's experience dating in the pandemic inspired the series and she created the series with Anna and their friend Christina who's the writer and then as I was chatting with Anna about when would be a good time to do the podcast I connected with Jonah so Jonah used to host a podcast called seeing other people which is fabulous you should absolutely check it out which he started in the pandemic with his co-host Alana Dunn so I was just following them on Instagram when Jonah started talking about his film which premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival this spring so I reached out and boom here we all are guys so Anna Aaron Jonah thank you so much for being here official welcome to hashtag single Thank you Thank for you having for us. Me. So I have some quick bios I want to read to familiarize the audience with your work. And I guess afterwards, feel free to add in or correct anything I got wrong, because basically I just cobbled these together from various sources in the internet. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how accurate that is. Uh, Anna Jeller is a passionate, multifaceted actress and producer based in Los Angeles. Her acting credits include Homecoming, The Entourage Movie, Speechless, and several national commercials. Anna has produced several series as well as the independent feature film Please Come With Me, which premiered at the LA Women's Film Festival and is distributed by Indie Wright Films. Originally hailing from the East Coast, Anna studied theater at Muhlenberg College and is a graduate of the Upright Citizens Brigade. Yay. Erin Disbro is a LA-based writer, director, producer, and editor. She works in advertising and cinema, recently directing web series Love in 2020. LA-based, she also wrote, directed, produced the web series My Life Worked Out. Editorial credits include Ghostbusters, Jonathan Levine, Snatched, and Longshot, as well as David Fincher's HBO TV series. She has a BA in communication from Muhlenberg College as well. And last but not least, Jonah Feingold. Jonah Feingold is an American writer and director of several short films. He is known for his 
2014 video, Star Wars Wes Anderson, which parodied the trailer of Star Wars The Force Awakens, which I really want to YouTube and find. His debut feature film, Dating and New York, premiered in the 2021 Tribeca Film Festival and was acquired by IFC Films. Yeah? That's that's right. I mean, the Star Wars thing's hilarious that that's on the internet. Um, it's in your IMDb profile, I love so that. I feel like it was fair game. Um, I'll add that the movie comes out online and in theaters this Friday, September I, 10th. I like, <laughs> oh. You're going to premiere before this episode comes out, but Copy. still, we're going to make sure everyone finds a way to watch it. I, I think the timing is exquisite. Love the and timing. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Okay, stars, enough of me talking. Let's get to the juicy stuff. So obviously, we have two fabulous teams here representing both a series and a feature about dating, which I think is really exciting to have both forms of storytelling present at the same time. So we're just going to try to do this a bit roundtable style. So Anna and Erin, we'll start with you. Tell us about Love in 2020. Yeah. All right. Well, wait, I just want to, I'm just going to add this. I just want people to know how, how wonderful you are as human beings. We're doing this at 10 a.m. East Coast time, which means that Anna and Erin, bless their souls, got up at they probably got up at 6.45, to be real, but it's 7 a.m. <laughs> it's 7 a.m. on the West Coast. Yes. And I was like, is that, are you? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So um, I hope you guys have some coffee, but they're so wonderfully nice to be here at 7. Oh, thank you. Yes, I am, morning, so. I am chugging cold brew over here. You were like, what question did you? <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, I'm waiting for it to kick in. <laughs> so either one of you, tell us about your series. Um, yeah, I'll go. So it's a it's a six episode web series called Love in 2020. Um, and it's essentially it's about a single lady named Kenna Benjamin, who is dating during the pandemic. And it just follows her journey. It starts really, you know, right in March 2020 when COVID-19 hits and follows her. She's one of those women that ha for most of her life has kind of catered to other people and um, has been praised for how nice she is. And so the journey is kind of about her trying to date and um, trying to figure out how to be alone with herself during this time and like through the process kind of gets to know herself during this like period of isolation, right, that we all went through. Mm. So we kind of say it's like a rom-com but it's a rom-com about like falling in love with yourself as well as trying to meet someone. I love, I, I especially love that message. I think that's, that's super important. We'll come back to that a little bit. Where did it premiere at Lighthouse? That was its festival premiere. Yep. At Lighthouse. I know where yeah. I saw you and you did. We connected at Lighthouse film. film Festival, which is in LBI, New Jersey. And what else has happened during the summer? What other things have yeah, occurred? Yeah, we've been super busy with festivals, which has been really awesome. Actually, tomorrow we're at we're at two festivals. Or I guess we're technically in three festivals right now. Um, hey. this, this past weekend, we were in Dances with Films. And then <gasps> congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And then tomorrow, we're going to be at Burbank Film Festival as well as Pasadena Film Festival. And then we're super excited on September 29th at 10 p.m. at the Chinese Theater. We're going to be back there for Holly Shorts. Yes, wonderful, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for you guys. So Thank what a run, you. what a run, and hopefully it keeps going a little bit yeah, too. Yeah, we hope That's so great, too. fantastic. Uh, Jonah, your turn. Tell us about dating in New York. Um, yeah, well, first off, congrats, guys. That's so crazy to, I mean, have so much, I mean, it's amazing to shot like a series and uh, you, but all your credits sound incredible. I mean, I'm sure there's some overlap with, I heard Entourage the movie. Our movie has Jerry Ferrara, who was in Entourage the movie. Oh my gosh, cool. Um, Turtle. <laughs> 
Um, How weird that that's the overlap. Like, that <laughs> show of all I have an entourage overlap, right? Well, I, I think we have, Aaron, I think you and I like have some Awesomeness TV overlap, possibly. I remember looking up that you worked yeah. on some Awesomeness for us. So I'm sure we all have overlap. But that's such, such, so amazing. Congratulations on Love in 2020. Um, Thank you. Dating in New York, similarly, is... Um, it's, well, it's a rom-com about dating in New York City, but it's sort of a, it's my first feature film and I, you know, it's, I spent a long time in LA trying to get things made and then sort of packed up, sold the Honda CRV, and came to New York and it was very, it was once that happened, I was able to sort of figure out how to put an indie film together and this film tells the story of two sort of hopeless, it's just going to sound cliche, hopeless millennials who are sort of cursed by the paradox of love, but it's all about swiping culture and it's sort of classic timeless MGM movie like his girl Friday vibes meets mm. very modern um, you know text messages on screen and some other things I won't like Instagram culture on screen but uh, sort of hopefully feels timeless and uh, relatable at the same time so it's uh, we premiered Tribeca Film Festival, which was really great as part of their on at home program. And uh, then we got IFC to come in and say, hey, we want to distribute this movie, which was a dream come true. And now it comes out or now it's already out if you're listening to this and uh, pretty, pretty wild. We shot right before the pandemic. We shot in November 2019 and then we edited and did post-production during the chaos of the world going upside down. Which was the perfect time to be sitting at home editing, to be perfectly honest. I mean, you couldn't be in the room with your editor, but at the same time, like, what, like, at least you had something creative to focus on during that really tough time. That's a really good point. I mean, we did do a couple days, we did a couple weeks in the edit room, you know, and then things sort of, like, we had to evacuate, for lack of a better word. I will say I, d I did feel very lucky that I had a really strong purpose every single day to, like, yeah get up and like need to do this thing both to my cast and crew and investors and it was like obsessive compulsive it kind of was like you kind of wish that you could be in the scoring stage you wish you could be there for the adr sessions but that day will come and it was i feel very lucky that we were able to complete the movie on time and under oh, oh not under on budget <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't tell me everything no. worked out for you. No, 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 no. Like, everything wow. did not work out. Really Let's, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, it was your first feature, and you got into Tribeca, and you got distribution, and you were under budget? That's just, like, unfair. We were, we were exactly to the cent, because we didn't have, we didn't have, I mean, we raised the money ourselves, and when I say ourselves, I mean my executive producer, and... Uh, I, it was like, I didn't know the investors necessarily personally, but obviously as I was making the film, I got to know them. And so you felt this, like, I mean, wait, where it's like, you really want to make sure you don't let them down. And luckily yeah. they're very supportive where they were like, we're just happy you completed a film and we really like it. But I'm like, I want to make everyone their money back. <laughs> and so it was a lot of pressure. I mean, it was a lot of pressure, but ultimately I think that's what drives us. It's like, you just, the it's a drug it's a weird drug where it's like it's torture but it's also the best thing ever to just like work on your movie and try to make everything work out yeah and see it be made and have it get i mean you're right execution is like people don't know this a lot of people uh, who are not in the entertainment industry like that i would say more than 50 percent of films of a series of short films just creative endeavors just never see the light of day like never reach mm -hmm. the execution point so just making it is the win getting it out there is i mean but then you know you keep moving the 
the goalpost, right? You're just like, I just want to get it made. And then you're like, I just want to get into a film festival. And you're like, <laughs> I just want to get into a big film festival. Okay, I just want someone to actually pick it up so other people could see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're so right. Uh, <laughs> 100%. It's not just like enough to, well, I mean, when you're in it, just like the first goalpost is like, I just want to get through this. But then the dream becomes bigger. So the fact that we're all sitting here with executed things I think is something to celebrate a lot of people don't realize how hard that is in the first place so kudos to you guys so obviously the first question what was the inspiration behind film slash series specifically you know how did your own experiences of being single influence the project well, I'll start by saying that I am single. Anna is married. Yay, welcome. So, <laughs> so I obviously, you know, my uh, dating experience definitely influenced the project. But this was something that, um, so Christina, who's not on the writer, and Anna and myself, the three of us had kind of been working on a project together for a really long time. We wanted to write something about dating in Los Angeles and we we had this character in mind for a while but it just like it was one of those it, like we were talking about where it's you start a project and it just you're not able to for some, for some reason there's something wasn't like totally lining up like we felt like there weren't enough stakes and then when the pandemic hit it kind of gave us this idea of like oh what if we took our story and made the pandemic the backdrop and what would that Wait, look so like so it existed before the pandemic it did. Oh, you know, not, not in its form now. I changed a ton, but like this was something we definitely had been talking about for a while. And we really wanted to kind of like write a story that showed the struggles of dating in Los Angeles and kind of the ridiculous things that happened to you. Um, but yeah, then it became, okay, this is now a story in this weird world in this context. And what's really funny is like we're literally writing this as it was happening like i think we started the first week of lockdown so like i was working on a movie and my job went on hiatus and we're all just like sitting at home you know kind of like well, okay what do we do now and we w knew we wanted some sort of creative focus so we just the three of us started having zoom calls and started uh working on this and writing it and then funny enough like i had just kind of met someone online and had started dating this guy who our first three face or our first three dates were over FaceTime because of like everything that was going on. Like it was like March, 2020, everyone was so freaked out. Like no one wanted to actually meet up in person. Wait, I just want to commend you that you had three, like all of my FaceTime <laughs> dates. There was never a second one. We both were like, nah. Okay. Yeah, three's I, impressive. Three's impressive. I will tell you guys, I've also had many uh, like other awkward FaceTime dates where it's just like, absolutely not like this will never happen again so this was even, <laughs> yeah that was the majority of mine totally so, so this was such an anomaly and it was this weird thing where i was like oh this is crazy like you can actually have connection romantic connection over a computer screen like this is something that's possible and so it's it was a huge inspiration for me like for the series i was kind of thinking as a director like how do i show that in film mm. like how does someone convey chemistry over a computer screen in a, you know, a film context. So uh, that definitely influenced it a ton for me, but all these things were like happening at the same time as we're trying to create this and like capture this little weird moment in time and like what it's like to date 
when you can't meet up with someone in person. It's very bizarre. Yeah. I actually, and we can debate this later on, perhaps. I don't know if you can fall in love over a screen. I, at least I struggle oh, to. I, that's not saying wow. you can't you can't have textual chemistry because i agree with you but like actually falling in love like literally doesn't science like say that you need to like sense somebody's presence to like feel what love really is but i guess what is love i don't know but i i'm obsessed with that as well so i love that we're that's in the zeitgeist of like thinking about jonah where did where did your idea come from like how long ago did you start feeling in your heart that this story needed to be born the impetus for dating in new york was basically it was not like the idea of the movie is not that original it's you know the classic they meet they break up they get back together and they're friends or are they not friends and i really wanted to i was trying to make a movie for a very long time I've, i have that script that i've worked for seven years on and wow. pitched around and had actors attached and i was like wait i got x actor attached and now my life is going to change but then cut to five years later i'm still taking general meetings and talking about making movies and i'm like wait how does a film actually get made and so i think you know and no one really hires a first-time filmmaker that's not as we all have learned how our business necessarily works where you just get a job it's like you have to manifest your movie and i wanted to do something that i knew i could go shoot practically speaking and i that wasn't going to be too expensive but would also allow me to like for lack of a better word flex my muscles in ways that i was really excited to which is exploring modern dating in a uh, in a way that i don't think has been done in a romantic comedy honestly because it's mostly it's very niche you know having a line about meeting someone at surf lodge via dm in montauk mm. is a very niche thing that i think sony would be like what does that mean and <laughs> so i was able to put that into a movie and the the impetus for okay they're friends with benefits although in our movie they're benefits first and then they turn that into friendship um sort of with a really sensitive guy character who wants cuddling over sex for example and a woman who basically wants she's been heartbroken so many times she's not looking for anything and she's like i'm done being an ex i just want to like i want intimacy but i also like don't necessarily think i want a relationship and so i wanted to take just these these very modern types of relationships and put them into a film uh that i don't think we had necessarily seen before also integrating elements of technology and text messages and and FaceTime and all that sort of divisive stuff. Uh, and then of course, just some other things that I, that I enjoy, which is like great film score and, uh, animation, you know, opening title sequences. So that's really where dating in New York came from. It wasn't like it was an overnight, oh, I have a great idea for a movie. The idea for the movie is like anyone could do this movie. It was simply just a culmination of all the work I had done before. And I tried to sort of pan, you know, reverse Pangea that into a feature film. And I think you're really lucky because, you know, I've been, I have several projects that have been in the film festival circuit for, I would say, the, at least the last five years. And there seems to, like, there's so much content around dating, modern dating, dating in cities, dating in New York, dating in L.A., because they always say, it, and there's, like... <laughs> Conversely, there's also so much content around like roommates in either of those two cities because it's it's our personal experience. It's something that we know, you know, so I've seen a variety of series around this topic and uh, I just I got into a conversation with someone recently talking about like, are we at peak with these topics like are is are do people still want to see 
content around something that they're experiencing in their everyday life. You know, if watching content is supposed to be a level of escapism, maybe we want to see Handmaid's Tale. I mean, bad example, because that's super dark. But you know what I'm saying? Like like actual escapism. But something that's totally removed from reality. Is it removed from reality? I digress. Something that's removed from reality versus reminding us of our, our lonely pandemic lives. So I find it really interesting that the both of you were able to like push through that obstacle of saying like no our well we may be at like peak saturation for this topic but our series is going or our film is going to approach this in a different way that's going to make you look at it differently or it's going to make you watch it or you're going to uh supersede all the other things that are being made around this topic and we're going to get into the festival (laughs) you know we're going to get distribution so i commend you both first for being in that universe but like approaching it from a unique way thank you um but jonah you also wrote your script right yes i wrote directed and produced alongside a producer named joaquin akreach who's fantastic and katie schiller and karen altman who are my co-producers amazing so what was your writing process like did you have the idea like fully formed or did you develop it as you went along so when i was writing dating in new york it was really refreshing because it was like a blueprint I was like basically building my instruction book, knowing very well that I was going to be making this movie. And that was just a mindset. You know, it was like, okay, I'm going to set this in this location because I know that my friend has a friend that owns this bar. Right, right, right. I feel very lucky that the writing process was very hand in hand with the production and pre-production process. That being said, I, the, the advice I give myself now is like, dude, just trust that the movie will happen. You don't need to really panic, like write the best version you want. And then let's, it's going to be okay. Does that make sense? So it was just a more of a mindset of like, I'm writing this script to go make it. That is the intention. And I actually heard a similar story when they did Ingrid Goes West. They wrote, they were similarly, they were like, we're done. Like with these meetings, we're going to just write this movie. It'll be easy, easy. Nothing's easy, but it'll be easier to shoot. And we're going to go make it. That's so cool. Anna and Aaron, I know you guys, you shot in the pandemic so i'm just curious what your (laughs) what your process from ideation to production looks like like what were your biggest challenges without saying raising money yeah it's so it's so funny i can't tell you how many emails we wrote to like various brands and like random restaurants in the area to just be like can you help us sponsor us to do this shoot so we actually like got like uh very random products like uh, cases of like june shine hard kombucha were sent to us that we then don't forget fit vine it's like like the healthy wine fit vine it has like a runner with a bottle of wine on the front of it they sponsored us we're like sure. so you can drink and work out at the same time Honestly, that's amazing i'm like i thought you were gonna say that they were like are you joking me we've had to shut down and fire half our staff so how can we help you but that's incredible that you were able to find people that would help you out it was actually really amazing because that's exactly what i also thought would have happened and then a lot of local like restaurants and coffee shops in our area actually were like you know what it's really cool that you guys are doing something right now and we'd love (gasps) to help yeah it was actually like really amazing to see how much support we got just from like our little local community when were you guys actually in production 
we shot July of July of 2020, right, Anna, or like end of July. We were we were definitely in the thick of it. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty soon to go back. If you had said we're in production in July, that would have been the first person I would have heard from that said we're going back in it. So how did you guys deal with any pushback or any fears around were you like potting together how did that work out oh my gosh yeah there was so much I mean we were we were potting together at that point um but I think because I you know we the three of us produced it as well and you know it's like doing an indie shoot is just stressful enough producing um in itself but then I heard somebody describe it they were like oh but like producing during COVID it's like as if somebody poured like gasoline all over the set and at any moment somebody could light a match that's amazing and the gasoline is a virus yeah (laughs) basically you know what I mean it's like you see somebody and you're like maybe they have a sniffle and you're like oh no could it be like it was just it was really it was really hard and there were just so many challenges that came up and just even like you know dealing with some sag stuff and like covid compliant like just all of it was so new at the time so it was like two days before they were like oh actually you have to get a new covid safety officer like just it's like you know anything that could come up last minute and go crazy wrong possibly um you know came up but we found solutions because that's what you do when you're that's producing. what you do girl <laughs> i can't even imagine trying to figure out the <laughs> circumstances and how to make it work but how to do it safely in totally. july that's really intense exactly and obviously our, our crew was like tiny tiny you know what i mean like it was just as bare bones as possible and again using like locations that you know trying to shoot outside as much as we can or just you know we did whatever we could to keep it really small I'm just curious if people, like, did you inspire other people? Did others see, like, oh, like, Aaron and Anna and Christina went back to work. Like, they made their thing. We can make our thing, too. It looks very easy. Did Were there people that made their stuff because they saw that you made it possible? I don't know, Anna. Do you have, I don't think I, like, know of anyone that that did that. Do you? Are we the only crazy ones? <laughs> <laughs> How has then the reception been overall for both of you guys? It's been so nice. Like, and I think also going back to what you were mentioning before, Jeanette, of kind of like, are people sick of these stories? Does this hit too close to home? And I feel like what's just been so cool is hearing from people who are like, oh my gosh, like I related to it so much. And I think for some people it was kind of like cathartic to like see a story similar to something that they went through during this time. And also like, we just really want our story to be one that's like really hopeful we want people to leave our series feeling like hopeful and hopefulness and so even if it's kind of like oh man we went through this crazy thing that they're left feeling with like the sense of like hope about it all yeah yeah i think it's so funny because my the quarantine short film that i made was (laughs) based on my personal experience being singles based on a first date that i had had and uh it's kind of like the three of you of your story melded together because i was i had gone on this um first date that actually went well um but became something different because uh he found a, a feather from my down coat on my thigh and um put it on the bar you know and we watched it flit around and it was being weird and we named it <clears throat> and the bartender saw it and he told us this beautiful story of how um when his grandfather died his mom was like just just couldn't process his loss and told him and started collecting feathers whenever she saw them like on a walk or whatever and she told um her son the bartender that whenever she saw a feather she believed it was the spirit of her father like speaking to her and that when she saw a penny she believed that was her mother and we just had this moment we were like well let's put them together again and he took a picture and he sent it to his mom and it was just this really profound moment 
So it wasn't really about the date. So I think that draws on like both of your stories of like pulling from your experience, getting it made no matter how. Um, but also being inspired by people who are like, listen, other people are just making it work. So let's figure out how to make this happen. You know, totally. Anyway, it's such, a, be- love, it's such a beautiful film. I just wanted to say that, Janet. It really is such a beautiful oh, thank film. You so, much. so this got me thinking, right? So in the pandemic, I watched a couple episodes of Modern Love, right? Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I got a bit turned off of it because they all have they all end in like happily ever after, which is not <laughs> my personal experience. So I was like getting pissed off. Um, so it was just not speaking to me in the pandemic. But I still find it interesting that the series got developed, you know, because it came out of an editorial section of the New York Times where people would write in their love stories. So I think this is fascinating. It's just sort of going back to what we were talking about earlier. But, you know, I'd love to hear from both of you or all of you. Why do you guys think modern dating stories are still desired or still needed by the by the audiences? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's really dating right now in the modern age. And I'm sure, you know, Jonah has a lot to say about this, too, but um It's obviously like with the development of technology, just like it's really changed the game for dating, like Mm -hmm. the dating apps, like phone, phone culture, iPhones, swiping, all of it. It's like it's almost like new territory, right? It's like the Wild West. So I think what I think the reason why people kind of crave these stories, or at least for me, I think it's important to like see these stories play out because I'm like, oh, okay. Like all of the like awkward, horrifying, weird things that have happened to me, like have also happened to someone else. So I just think that like relatability and like trying to understand modern dating and, um, what this like new world is with this technology. I mean, it's kind of like what we were speaking bef- like about before and starting to debate, like, you know, can chemistry or, or can love happen over a screen or, or can someone develop like a romantic connection through, uh, you know, typing on their phone? Like we, we don't really know still. So mm. I guess I would say that, like, I think like us creating stories about that is like our attempt to understand it and our attempt to like, see like how this is, changed like how people connect yeah i completely agree with you i think you like nailed it and it's it's because it's like super untapped like i really don't know you know with the exception of the everyone on this lovely podcast like who is tackling these stories in hyper modern ways even a show like modern love i feel like i want to see those text messages sequence i want to yeah you know i want the i miss you text like our climax of our movie is an i miss you text so straight up that's like literally in the in our when we were st- story out the edit like that was the moment we were building towards and i just feel like it's becoming more relatable that being said i have a feeling it's really difficult for filmmakers unless it's sort of director driven to come in and really play with that technology and push for that technology to be used because I was on a, uh, not, I keep bashing executives and I really don't mean to, but I was on a, <laughs> <Do> it. <laughs> yeah, I was on an email and Smash somebody the said, patriarchy. <laughs> so someone said like, Hey, this feels really specific with TikTok and Instagram and like all these digital things. We want this movie to feel timeless. And I was like, you've got mail is timeless. And they literally start that movie off on an AOL email screen. Oh, you can- totally. Yes. <laughs> so I love that reference. That's so smart. It's, I just I just hope I think we are all paving a nice path for these stories to be told. I'm sure people will watch our work and I'm sure then pe- Hollywood will catch up and more people will do this sort of thing. I think you start to see it in TV a lot because it's 
quicker. So it's like you can have the idea on the page eight weeks ago and be in production and then have the episode come out for yeah. a movie for a movie we got to kind of be like two years ahead and even for like a series like it's like we got to be super ahead of the curve and take that risk and hope that uh it stays modern and, and and relatable by the time our work comes out listen i will tell you as a person that has been single for 10 years you keep thinking things are going to change shit doesn't change <laughs> <laughs> um but i think i think you bring up a really good point like anna what you talked about was it's the hopefulness of it like even my film your series and my film it's not about the date it's about the fact that like there's something my film is particularly about like there's something larger at play and it's about human connectivity but i think and yours is is dealing with with grappling with loneliness but also as you said like self-care and self-love and self-discovery like that's it's not about dating it's about something bigger and how can we address it or obviously I haven't seen <laughs> dating in New York but I will but just the idea of of communication like it's it's a larger yeah. it's a larger conversation about modern culture in general but if we can all end on like even modern love is about it's it's the hope that something better is coming towards us in the future and that's what people need to see right now yes. love that yeah me too I guess the question that uh, I wanted to ask you, Anna and Aaron, I was like, okay, so I talk a lot, obviously. <laughs> I grappled, a, we talked about dating in quarantine, like obviously for over a year. I talked about it so much, especially on the podcast. So like, I know how hard dating was uh, in the pandemic. And I know Jonah does too, because of his podcast. But how did you guys know which aspects <laughs> you wanted to focus on? Like, how did we decide what aspects of dating yeah, to show in our story? Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I think like what we ended up, obviously we wanted to show a love story, which is what the series is is building to. But in terms of like the moments that we showed from online dating or, or dating online, I feel like we're mostly inspired by the character herself because we were trying to show this journey and arc of her becoming more comfortable with herself as she like sat with herself in isolation. So like this idea, like there's this line in it that's in the trailer, but it's like when people call me nice, it reminds me of all the times I've been agreeable instead of just myself. So like mm. what we were trying to show, even with these like silly online dates, which like we mostly before, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but like before she meets the, the guy of the series, like we're kind of showing a montage of different um, types of dates. And the idea behind it was that she was changing herself to meet the interests of the guy. So it's like, she goes on a, a date with like a rocker dude and then like is wearing like a collar necklace and like a band t-shirt and she keeps like changing who she is to kind of match the interests of these the, these men so i feel like that was like our biggest inspiration to at least like show the dating part of it in the beginning of this series was just like trying to like convey how like sometimes you can get lost in trying to like meet the needs of others and like forget your own authenticity which is like what actually really leads to connection mm, yeah and that's more i think that's more dating it's more of like it's almost like you did a series was like dating next paragraph 
in quarantine. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you're not just like, it wasn't like, let's talk about dating in quarantine. Yes. You know, like, that's why I guess I was asking was like, how specific to COVID is this? And if it's so specific to COVID, will it be relevant or interesting to future generations? Speaking of like what Jonah was talking about, like in the future, or is it so much around COVID? We don't want to see COVID stuff that it has an expiration date, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's what we, we kind of tell people that it's, like the COVID aspect of it or the pandemic is more the backdrop and the setting. It's not really yeah. the heart of the story. So like, I think what the pandemic does is it creates these stakes that like she's stuck at home alone and she can't go out and meet people. And it's just like a very a much more lonely or isolating world. But other than that, I mean, Anna jump in if I'm missing anything, but I feel like it really is kind of like, the the world of our story but not the heart of it if that makes sense mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i would totally agree great <laughs> <laughs> she was like you got it you got this one <laughs> jonah my question for you about yours specifically uh you know your film takes on a very familiar premise the friends with benefits rom-com when milo and wendy your two main characters drop like a friends with benefits contract after meeting on a dating app called meet cute yes love yes. it um so my question is do you think that the friends with benefits scenario is more active or less active in the pandemic oh really good question yeah i think it's certainly more active and i think you it's think? probably more complicated yeah i think because at least well depends where you are in the world right i mean in, in new york i think there is what we saw was a situation where people didn't necessarily want to be alone and you wanted some form of companionship and that required a couple of different things beyond quite literally liking somebody. It required them to be in your pod and perhaps live near you and have similar financial situation where you're both still not living, you're both not moving, maybe, maybe home. It, there's a lot of different factors that I think would create a prime uh, environment for some friends with benefits uh, relationships, which I think are becoming fairly more common in terms of like benefits with friendship perhaps might be like what my pitch is. And I think that the idea of those can definitely work. And I see them with friends happening wherein they're both very upfront with their intentions. So funny enough, right before we got on this podcast, I was putting together the goodie box that I will be sending to some people. Uh, this weekend for the release of our film. Well, and your little swag bag for swag celebrities. Bag. Swag. Love it. Am I getting one? <laughs> yeah, for celebrities. <laughs> you guys will all get one. Um, yeah, Barack Obama's going to get one. And so in it, we're sending, in one of the scenes of the film, these two have like a diner scene where they talk about this contract, um, the Best Friends with Benefits contract. And so basically I took our uh, our wonderful production designer made this and i took the photoshop file and i sort of cleared it out so you could fill in your own name and so they're going to get this blank contract that they can use with whoever they want <laughs> in promotion oh for the film. so but it's up front with intentions like the rules of it are like you can't say i love you in a way that means i love you um like from an emotional standpoint oh and God. you you can't like dodge on social media which includes venmo instagram and text venmo. Um, <laughs> that, that's like next level jonah it's it gets Dating very specific yeah it gets very specific but uh no i think uh i think there you definitely saw more best friends of benefits type relationships as a result of the pandemic that's so i find that so interesting i mean that that's your modern upgrade right there is that and i think uh 
generally, but beneficially, we've become a, a culture that is better about vocalizing our needs. Um, I say this generally because people, a lot of people are going to work on this still. But I think, and especially with women, that we've become better at vocalizing our needs, our boundaries, and our sexual desires. And so as people are more upfront with who they are and what they need, absolutely, the benefits with friends, I love that new phrase, becomes uh, more real where you're just like, here's what I need right now. I like you as a human being, but I also like, I've had people, I'm sure you guys have as well, not Anna, cause fuck her, she's in a relationship, but, um, <laughs> but you know, I've had people straight up tell me like, I'm just looking for something casual right now, you know? And then you can say, that's not what I need. And I need to like, we're going to move on. If you're lucky enough to connect with someone that's vocal enough. But I feel like what's trending right now is that people are getting really clear with what they need from people and if they meet someone or match with someone that's not going to fill that need move the fuck on you know god yeah i hope so yeah i hope so too (laughs) (laughs) i I use the word generally because i'm not meeting these people all the time but uh so if you listen to the podcast you might know that I like to ask a tough question at the end for my guest experts. And you don't have to have a perfect answer because honestly, none of us have answers about dating. So I have a tough question for both my filmmaking teams. Are you ready? Yes. Ready. You're like, ready. I don't know. Bring it. Uh, and we're going to try to tie this back to hashtag single. So my question is, how does your story relate to larger stories of female desire as a whole? Ooh. I can do it. Should I jump in? Someone's got to jump in. (laughs) Um, You know, it's funny, even just what we were just talking about, like in terms of right now, people um, feeling more comfortable sharing their needs. I think I personally think it's, it's much harder for, for women, um, you know, and I may be biased, but like to be vocal about what they want. Um, Mm. I think just because of, you know, societal norms and how we were raised, like, I think it's just very easy for us to like fall into this accommodating, um, role that we've played for so long. So I guess yeah. I would say with our story, and I don't want to repeat myself cause I think I've already kind of gone on a tangent about this, but I, I do think like in terms of like the larger umbrella of what people are looking for. I hope our story is kind of showing that like when you tap into yourself and you're able to better express who you are and what you're looking for and you're you're able to be honest about that with yourself and the person that you're dating, you're more likely going to find what you're looking for and you're more likely going to find connection. And I say that too, because it's like, it's personal to me. Like I feel like I've been dating for a really long time too. And that was kind of the journey I went on where it's like, oh, I'm trying to like play like the cool girl and like pretend I don't want a relationship or I don't care. I'm like chill and laid back. Right. That's like the the role that I feel like I thought I was supposed to fill. And then it's like, how do I tap into being more authentic into like what I want and like sharing my needs and like sharing what I'm looking for. And so I feel like we were trying to show that in our story um, of like being honest with about what you want and, and hopefully that then you're then able to find someone who can meet you there. Beautiful. 
Well said. Anna, do you want so, to add anything that? was to that? so beautiful. Yeah, that, that was, was really beautiful. I'm, I guess I just wanted to just add, like, another little thing, which is just, like, you know, um, another thing that a lot of w women share, or something that I know I personally relate to, is just, like, is people-pleasing. Like, I yeah. think that that's just been a huge part of my own personal growth story, um, especially also, like, in terms of and in relationship to desire and just kind of that automatic instinct of putting somebody else's needs in mm -hmm. front of your own instead of just taking the moment to be like, what do I actually want? What do What's my desire? I'm a woman and I'm allowed to, like, have desire. <laughs> and so even in, like, our character story, again, just something as simple as hearing like being called nice being hearing these things over and over again and just taking a moment like in a date in the moment being able to like pause and be like hey that actually bothered me that you said that as opposed to just nodding and going along and being like oh i don't want to ruffle any feathers because then what if i'm not liked um yeah. so yeah i don't know i was just thinking about that and i think hopefully yeah i mean everything that everything that aaron said you know hopefully our story is is able to be one that is empowering and that you can can really see all the great things that can come from leading with your authentic self and uh, saying no to people pleasing and, and yeah. putting yourself first. And the ownership of, of um, this is like 100% what I talk about on the podcast all the time, it's just like ownership of where you're at in your life and like being at peace with who you are and the circumstances that you're in. You know, I think that's something that we all struggle with uh, women and men, but women especially, 100%. And what about you, Jonah? Yeah, I mean, speaking to like ownership and uh, I feel like, so Wendy is her character, is our character's name. And like, I was lucky enough to work with Francesca Rielli, who, you know, the first thing her and I talked about when looking through the script line by line was, this is a sort of newer type of, you know, female character that we're going to see in this rom-com. Someone who is, she's at the table saying, I'm looking for the benefits of a relation i'm looking for like basically sex without any of the negative things that comes with relationships like i i know what i want which is not i don't want to say i love you and i don't want to meet your family i'm like on this mission i've been through a bunch of relationships i'm just out here trying to navigate dating in new york city and jabuki's character is the one that's like i want to cuddle and i want you to tell me you love me and some of the feedback we've gotten was that this is a re role reversal of sorts, which that's up for whatever, you know, for whoever to interpret. But I did feel very lucky that our, that Wendy comes off as a character that I don't think I've seen in a female protagonist in a rom-com. She knows mm -hmm. exactly what she wants. Um, right now it's, it's, it's sort of like, again, falling in love with herself. It's falling in love with the idea of having an open heart and also like getting over exes. Like, this poor character runs into way too many exes, whether that's on the street or on the internet. And this was something that Francesca and I like collaborated on on every single day line of dialogue. And so I was very lucky to have her help me with this crafting this character and even my crew. You know, I would say 70 ish percent, maybe more of our department heads are women. And so. Yay. Yeah, you know, and so Hannah Park, my editor, Maria Roosh, my DP. Um, my production designer, Michelle, like these were all people that I would stand in video village. Well, Hannah and I would sit in the edit room, but you know, these were all ways that you craft the character and craft, uh, even after the shoot. So I would True. say it's a combination of, of all that, that hopefully we're bringing something, a character that you haven't necessarily seen to the screen. I um, love that. Well, yeah. and I think the more we have, uh, female characters that can express 
their needs, their boundaries, their desires, uh, detach themselves from the stereotypes of being needy, people pleasers, emotional people. Um, like the, the more representation we have that in media, the better. So mm -hmm. yes, kudos to both you guys doing the good work, getting the, the word out there. Um, I really appreciate you guys making this content and I appreciate you taking the time today to be with me to talk about your process and your inspiration and, um, and, and really can't wait to see what you have next. Thank you. This has been awesome to talk. Yeah. So let's just wrap up. Tell me um, where people can find your work or and how we can follow and find you guys as uh, filmmakers and creators as well. well I can go first. Um, yeah, you can, there you go. Yeah. Get in there. <laughs> Dating in New York comes out in theaters and online September 10th. Uh, you can watch it. It's select theaters around the country. I think we have like 35 right now, which will be playing it, which is kind of yes. cool. If you're in LA, IPIC Theater. If you're in New York, IFC Theater, also the IPIC. Um, if you're in other states, I'll post that on my Instagram, which will just be my name, Jonah Feingold. Um, if I can ever be helpful to anyone listening, uh, uh, let me know how. And uh yeah comes out on friday very excited also online itunes amazon all vod services should have it in some capacity very nice and what about love in 2020 yeah, so you can go to love2020tv.com to watch our series. Um, we also will have updates there for upcoming screenings. Um, Holly Shorts Film Festival, September 29th at 10 p.m. Nice. Mm. Um, also some other ones coming up, hopefully. Um, and yeah, we're also on Instagram, love2020tv. And yeah, I'm personally on Instagram as well. Just my name, Anna Joller. And yeah. And Erin. Yes, I'm also, <laughs> I'm also on Instagram. Uh, my, my handle is Dizzy E-I-R-D-I-Z-Z-Y for anyone that wants to follow me. Fun. And I'll be sure to tag you guys. If, um, <laughs> that's just probably way easier. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I don't remember this, but here you go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you guys so much for waking up early to be on the podcast. I know this was a little bit of a schedule mayhem getting four creative people to come together at the same time. So I, I really appreciate it. It's been a phenomenal conversation. I loved connecting with you guys. And like I said, I can't wait to see what happens next with both your series and your film and whatever you decide to create next. So I'm a fan for life. Thank you again. Thank you. It's been so Thank fun. You. Wow. Same. Rock this on. is such a great way to start the day. I Thanks know. Thanks for bringing us all together. This was fun. Yay. I love it. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you feel like you have a single friend who could benefit from some conversation around creativeness and, and, and making your mark in the world, feel free to pass it along. As always, we are over at hashtag single pod. If you're not following us already, come join the conversation. We would love to have you there. And we will have another new episode with a badass single female in two weeks. We can't wait to have you. We will catch you next time. Aaron Dispo.